Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. It is Tuesday, it is Movie Review Tuesday. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by my co-host, The Smoke Jumper, Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you? I'm good. I, uh, I'm better for that intro. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how you're going to direct this episode, how you're going to lead it. Uh, I think this is the, the biggest challenge of your podcasting career thus far, and that is saying something after what we've experienced. But yeah, I'm ready to go with this, definitely. Uh, before we get into things here today, we know there is a, a lot going on in uh, the world, in the United States, with uh, the protests and the riots and the unfortunate death, the murder of, of George Floyd. Um, look, we are two white guys who like to talk about wrestling. We are not the voices you need to listen to. During all of this, there are plenty of black voices out there that if you uh, go on Twitter... Um, Joe is elevated. I've tried to elevate. Go follow them. They're the people you need to listen to. If you do want to help out, though, uh, blacklivesmatter.card.co. That is a website that has petitions. Uh, you can text and call. You can donate. Um, you know, you can learn more about there. But again, go on Twitter. Support Black Voices during this time, during all times. Uh, get out, donate, protest. Do do whatever you need to do. Whatever you need. Uh, whatever you think is is right in in this situation. But and we're we're not the people you should be listening to for that. If you want, if you want people who are going to talk about playing with fire with John Cena, we're here for that. Uh, if you want real world issues that look we don't know much about, uh, we we certainly don't understand. That's not us. Um, and from there, let me smoothly transition into uh, our thir- our Tuesday show. I don't even know what day it is. Our Tuesday show where we review Playing With Fire, starring John Cena, Joe. I mean, I said you had challenges ahead, but that was uh, very well done. It was, you're never going to find a transition there, but yeah, obviously co-signing what you said. But um, yes, we watched Playing With Fire, didn't we, Jeremy? This was a... Uh... Well, this was something, wasn't it? I, I feel like you're going to frustrate me during this. I think you're going to be very happy about it, very excited. So honestly, I'm just going to—you've given me the ball here. I'm not shooting. I'm passing it straight back. You, Lee, what are your thoughts on this motion picture that I was—it was certainly an experience for me. I've got to say. I didn't quite know what to expect. Like I knew it was like a Nickelodeon's film, and I knew it was going to be like a kids' film. Uh, like it certainly was. It yeah. was. It. it it wasn't what I quite expected, though. I thought there would be like more hijinks and shenanigans kind of stuff, and there was like through the middle portion, but otherwise, it wasn't there. So, so basically, the premise of this movie is is John Cena uh, plays Soup. I don't actually know his real name. They call him Soup throughout the the whole movie. He's Jake's. I don't know what his last name is, but his first name is Jake. Okay, sure. Jake Soup, Super Jake, something like yep. that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he, him and his buddies, they're, they're smoke jumpers, not firefighters. There is a difference. There's only, there there's like thousands, millions of firefighters. There's only what? 339 smoke jumpers. Something like that. Do you know the I number? Believe, I believe that is the number. 
okay. that the, the the young girl says, and she's corrected, is three three six. Yes, I believe. Jeremy. Yes, that's okay. what. See, I was hoping you would know the correction, and we would do that bit. The chemistry, <laughs> the chemistry there was incredible. Wow. Um, so there's not as many smoke jumpers. They're they're saving the world. I love the opening scene where they're you know putting out a forest fire or something, and they're going up, and you see the helicopter rescue, and this woman is just burying her husband to John Cena, and is like, I just wish my husband was you, and the husband is right there, and I <laughs> just wrote down this woman wants to bang John Cena, and I cannot even and blame her because who doesn't. I mean, sure. Look, I don't want to. Uh, I certainly don't want to shame John or, or critique his appearance. He certainly looks better than I ever have. I'm a little bit concerned about John's uh, physical kind of transition and, and evolution here. He looks more like Mark Wahlberg and less like John Cena every time I see the man. I don't know what's happening to him. I don't know. I'm worried about him. Like, he's going with my side part a little bit, but just sort of prime Joe Holbert side part with the short hair. Um, Hollywood Cena. I've got to say, Jeremy, it's been a couple of years. Still, still struggling to accept it. Go be honest, physically, it's a little bit weird for me. Uh, I like the scene where they clearly just needed to get him uh, with his shirt off, and then in the shower. Yes. So it's the baby poops on him, which this seemed completely unnecessary to me. Yes. But I think it was just the means to do a shower scene with John Cena. I mean, the film was never anything but lowbrow. Yes, but that scene very much kind of like <laughs> confirmed its place in that in that area, right? Like it was, and it wasn't a short scene. It seemed no. to go on for years. It really did seem to go on for years. They try to tackle the diaper and the guys. Oh, it was. Look, folks, this this film was. Um, in fact, forget the film. I'm going at the tangent. Okay, look, Jeremy, <laughs> why are these films made? Now, look, I, I'm not saying that there's not a kid out there in the world that wouldn't enjoy it. But these films are so consistently uninspired, aren't they? They're just they're, there's nothing. There's nothing to them. There's, there's, they're just absolute ninety minutes of nothing. Is the only way I could describe this? There's some laughs for somebody. I don't recall actually laughing during this film, but there, there's well, some laughs for somebody. There was one of the bits I thought was legitimately quite funny. I'll go with quite funny was when John was unsure as to why he should be ashamed that he's never cried and then went and Googled, is it, what was his exact Google? Is it weird to have never cried? Yeah. And he, was, he looked, he looked horrified <laughs> at the result. John is, um, I don't know if I could say John is good, but like, he's not, he's not Hogan bad, where I can have fun at how bad he is in this. He's just sort of fine. He's playing a straight man too, mostly, right? Like he's very kind of straight laced regimented guy. So it's a little bit tougher, I guess. Yeah. He, I think the most I, I laughed was the the guy who didn't talk throughout the whole thing, axe. and then yeah, axe, and then he knows the the words to My Little Pony. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I don't know. I mean, I thought the the youngest kid, you know, the little girl. I thought she was quite she was good in great. It. Yes. Yeah. Now, Cena is used to being carried by smaller folks, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised that he was so comfortable How letting her kind of shine. But but <laughs> but. She had, you know, I had some fun with, with some of her parts with with Axe. That was kind of neat. But it's just, I watch it and I'm like, I don't even know where, there's not one seat. By the way, I don't know if you can go through every film reviewed. Every single film involving a wrestler as the lead has to make a point of the fact that he's incapable of showing emotion. <laughs> and at the end of the film, he will show the emotion. 
Am I having like a dream here, or does this happen every single week? I feel like it does. Um, I, th- I thought Shawn Michaels could show emotion, or was he not the lead though? Does Shawn Michaels no, count as the lead? You're correct. Marine did not have any of that because they'd already established <laughs> Miz. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels was. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. Um, outside of that, I think it's home run. Batista had emotion, didn't he? And Stuber? No, because that was the remember that was the thing where he was. Like, oh yeah, with the daughter. Yeah, yes. yeah. He he didn't know how to like properly support mm-hmm. her. Um, yeah. I, I think that's just a commentary on all of wrestling. Is is that <laughs> no one no one can show emotion in wrestling? Yeah. They need Bailey or Sasha to do one of these films. Uh, the faces they will give you emotion. I I watched most of this film. Honest to God, my main thought was just, I can't believe this isn't the WWE Studios. <laughs> it just felt like it was so like it felt like a film I had seen decades ago. But it was not. It was very recent film starring John Cena. It's definitely not like anything creative or interesting concept wise. Um, but I was just watching it thinking. I'm so pumped to see Jeremy's take on this because I had this feeling you were going to come in and be like, best film we've watched, guns blazing, all it. And, and in truth, you seem to be at the same point I'm at, which is like, I'm not quite sure what this was. See, for me to like really enjoy it, I need, like, Hogan is so terrible that yes. it, it's hilarious and and the plot is like the plot is nonsensical and they just repeat the same bits like there's some of that in there but like you said like john cena is just like acceptable and so it's it's not quite as fun it's almost like the marine this was better than the marine six by the way um yeah, but it's almost it like the marine six where all right everyone's just kind of like acceptable and so mm-hmm. you can't have too much fun with it so then you gotta okay can you have fun with the plot? And in this one, like the plot is, is better than the Marine six as far as like having fun with it. Uh, but no, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to compromise my integrity by, by boosting my John Cena fandom. Well, I mean, I respect (laughs) I did not, I did not expect it, but I certainly respect it. I mean, I just, to me, this is like the middle ground between, um, Marine Six and Stuber, where like I actually thought Batista was legitimately funny in that film. Yeah, you know, I I honestly did. It wasn't like there's a part where Cena does the "You can't see me" deal in this, right? And it's like I guess I'm supposed to erupt in laughter at that point because <laughs> I know what he's doing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not assuming. So winking a nod, Joe, breaking the fourth yeah, wall, <laughs> shooting right. But I mean, like Batista was legitimately funny. I thought in Stuber, so. I don't know if um, this is anything like the Batista takes pride in, but he has. In my view, anyway, like comprehensively up John as an actor, right? We can give him that victory without any debates, any questions asked. Batista better than Arrow, John Cena in Hollywood, correct? Uh, when it comes to this film, yes, we. I think oh, we have wow. to watch. I think we have to watch more John Cena and Batista I films. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Really... I'm not sure about John Cena. But we'll see. We'll have a pick it, right? Pick back and forth. So we'll see what you give me, but. You're right. We have to build a a full argument. Is your point, yeah. right? You can't judge it based off just one match. Like if I said, okay, who's the better wrestler, John Cena or Batista, and I give you John Cena against Umaga, and I give you Batista against, I was gonna say JBL, but you would probably really like that match, so I didn't want to say JBL. <laughs> Batista against Triple H. You know, you're gonna go, oh, John Cena is definitely the superior wrestler. 
I think John Cena is. The... Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's his own podcast, right? The Batista or Cena. Yeah. But um, my notes for this for this film, uh, I had Google search funny. I had you can't see me. I had boom boom, and I don't know what that is. So that was uh, when the when she when she pooped. When, oh, when right. she, that was yeah. a good note on my part. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. I was really waiting when she did that. I was waiting for John Cena to go, Dookie. <laughs> this film, this film would have been at least 10,000 times better if he'd have done Every film, in my view, in the history of cinema after No Holds Barred should have some kind of reference. Yes, to no I agree. Like, this film was just this exact film. But the last ten minutes instead took place with him fighting a man in a hexagon, like all in <laughs> or octagon, whatever it which he was. But any every film should end with that, in my view. But I'm with you. The one thing I'm certain we're both like we can confirm now. You've already said it. I'm going to co-sign it here. This is definitely better than Marine Six. So if you've been waiting for a while now <laughs> on whether on to get some advice on whether to watch Marine Six or Playing with Fire. <laughs> For your evening's entertainment, we are here. The distraction is here to lead you to the conclusion that yes, playing with fire is the correct choice. Uh, someone, someone suggested on Twitter that uh, WWE is going to counter-program us by doing like watch-alongs to to movies and whatnot. And look, if they have the gall to do Marine Six and they can do that straight face to be like, "This is a good film, man." Miz's performance that was just amazing. Like more power to them. I don't think they could actually pull that off. They're not that good of actors in WWE to pull that off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, speaking of such. I felt we, I feared we would be low on kind of um, talking points here again. I, I really did. Oh, no, I have you've got some. Yeah. Good, good. But I just, I just want to put something out there that we can come back to a day or another week. I do want to, at some point, Jeremy, as we go through this experience together, come up with like a power rankings of professional wrestling actors. This is a, an idea. I'm throwing it out there. I am open to suggestions, but I would like to put together a comprehensive list on this by the end of our project here. I very much would. That that's completely fine. I, we have to watch more movies first. Like we haven't even we haven't even gotten to The Rock. There's yes. a lot of amazing rock films out there. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I look. I yeah, didn't say yeah. amazingly bad. I didn't say amazingly good. There, there's a lot yeah. of amazing rock films out there. Um, we've got that's to watch one him. word for him. Yeah. That's one word I would use to describe him. Certainly, but um, there's other ones I can think of. But you're right. We have to look. We have to cover more. But I do think it's a kind of a, a end of the tunnel deal to look forward to, right? Like it could fair. be saying that we can hang our hats on as as a broadcast journalist. Jeremy. Yes, fair. Uh, I like the bit where John Cena doesn't know what emojis are and thought he was inviting Judy Greer to uh, ice cream and more poop jokes because you know gotta have those poop jokes in these films. Yes, yes, because she, the, the youngest uh, girl, she's sending the, the poop emoji, right? Yeah. And she keeps sending keeps sending it. And then because he doesn't get it, he <laughs> keeps sending it, Jerry. What a hilarious bit. And the, the part of it, obviously, the whole joke falls apart based on the fact that even if uh, a poor soup, or whatever his name was, <laughs> I can't believe I had to just say it, and that's his actual name, incredible. Even if he did think it was ice cream, there was no need to send it 45 times, was it? He, could, he certainly could have stopped once he got his phone back. But, yes, that was also a bit that was in this film, correct? Uh, John Cena really loves ice cream. I mean, look, he really wanted to make it known that he wanted to take this lady out for ice cream. I like the 
uh, the oldest daughter tries to explain the the thinking bubbles, and then look, we've all been here. You see the bubbles pop up on the screen, and you're like, "Oh yeah, okay." They're replying back, and then they disappear, and you just start freaking out. We've all been there, Joe. Uh, yeah, I, this, the, I, I want to make it clear and say that while both of us think this film is terrible, it isn't like a painful experience, and it's because there are little moments where you smile. You know, yeah. like, what was your thoughts on? Um, John the piano player, Jeremy. Were you startled by his showing in that? Because that no. was that was about as out of his kind of comfort zone as he went in this film. I, I would say, right? I just expect John Cena to be great at everything. So the fact yeah. that he could play this piano, he only knew fire songs, which uh... <laughs> See, that was a cute little thing. Yeah. Like, there's little things that you smile at. It's just over a long film. It would have been better as a 30 minute episode of the Big Show show. <laughs> really, when you really think about it. Uh, we should get John Cena his own show on Netflix. I feel like we have that kind of pool. I don't know if he'd be, he's a big movie star, so I don't know if he would want to downgrade himself to that. But if he yeah. does, um, add to our GoFundMe. We need 20 million for No Holds Barred, uh, two, and what was the other film? Oh, the other Hogan film, Suburban Commando yes. two. We need, we need 20 million to do both of those films. I think we're going to need a bigger budget for a John Cena Netflix television show. I agree. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not as keen on this idea because I know I'll have to watch it then. Uh, I was, you know, I kind of, I led us down this path with the Big Show show, didn't I? Yes. I really kind of decided our fate with that move. Um, and that famous tweet that still to this day people retweet. And by the way, guys, if you watch the show and you retweet or like stuff from a month ago, I'm scared of you. When you now, <laughs> I'm very, very scared of you. I want you to be safe. Be careful. Anyway, um, I'm with you. I just fear... How many episodes was the Big Show show, Jeremy? Six? Uh, six or eight. I don't recall how okay. many it was. Eight episodes of John Cena being this guy. <laughs> hey, that'd be, that'd be a task. I mean, time wise, I know it's not, you know, but my, it would be a, it would be something. It would be a challenge. You could watch that over Raw easily. True. Yeah, true. I mean, the, the studio audience is about as legitimate as both shows <laughs> right now. So. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's, there's always worse things you could watch. You make a good point. NXT? Well, I wouldn't go near it. I've watched Cena doing just about anything over NXT. But anyway, back to playing with fire. This is the final week of NXT talk on this program, folks. True. So you got yeah, one yeah. this episode and one more, and then we're never talking about this program again. Um <laughs> <laughs> the the stuff I'm playing with fire, like the rescue stuff is hilarious to me. Like this is so absurdly bad that it was funny to me when he's rescuing the three children from the burning house and they're having like a 20 minute conversation as everything just yes. burns around. Like, okay, who should be rescued first? Well, you should go. No, it, John Cena's just like, all right, uh, this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> everything's just collapsing around them and they're just having this normal conversation of what's happening and just all right things are burning it's fine it's that little dog meme like this is fine everything's cool exactly that it literally is yeah. that exactly if you've not seen this film and you know i hope you haven't that is exactly what this scene is and it, but i don't think it's even supposed to be like no a thing that we notice or care about is it like we, we all know they're getting out so we just kind of let them have a bit of dialogue <laughs> while the power plays burns to the ground 
it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. The the other scene, the other rescue scene, and I went back and I wa- I rewatched this like two oh, or three times on. because no. I had to make sure I had to make sure what I was seeing was legit. I did not believe okay. this would like be in the film. So at the end, the the kids steal the the truck and it's about to fall over a cliff. And John Cena has got his like bungee cords and stuff, and he, he's super yeah. muscular because he's John Cena, and he's holding it. Uh, you know, he's holding it up from falling over the cliff and like, he just stops. It's like, he's going down with it and he just stops. I think maybe he, I don't know if his feet plant into a rock or what, but he literally just stops as he's sliding. And then the kid just like reaches up and is fine off of this cliff, even though they're in this vehicle that is going over the side. Look, you got to watch this scene. I feel like I'm doing a poor job explaining it, but this is how absurd this scene is. Um, the kids, they, they just, their hand comes up and and comes over on the cliff and then they're just rescued and Cena just like, let's go of the rope. We never hear this car crash or anything. And like, he lets go of this rope while the kid is still on the, the rock. It could have easily like caught his leg and pulled them over or something. This was so absurd. I was like, this can't be real. So I watched it multiple times. I'm so glad you said this because I have to admit, and I'm not proud to say it, I was getting not discussed this because I thought I was being the dumbest person in the world. I was I was watching John Cena do this, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm even supposed to think. Because <laughs> as you say, like it seems that he's holding the uh, the vehicle, yeah, on the edge of the cliff, right? He's holding it on, but then he sends the boy to like do something. This is where I lost. I didn't understand what was going on. Because then they're both in the thing. And as you say, like at some point, they just get out of the car. We don't hear the car like, damage. <laughs> enough. And the, as the point of what you were saying here that really was wild and was glaring to anyone that would have watched this is that once he sees they're on the edge of the cliff, he just lets go of the thing <laughs> and he just runs to pick them up. And it's like, hang on. So what was he holding? I don't understand what was happening here. I'm actually really glad you brought this up because I thought I was just being like an idiot. I didn't get it. I I did not get it at all. Again, I went back because I was I was so sure that I missed something upon the first viewing. I was like, no, they this is not how they put this scene together. So I watched it multiple times to to confirm what I had initially seen, and sources confirm with me that this vehicle just we couldn't see it, Joe. It was all a metaphor for John Cena as a person. We just could not see this vehicle. It was all an imagination, just like John Cena is. Yeah, I it was also one of those deals like obviously when you watch films, there will be moments where you're aware it's not supposed to be believable or realistic, but what they're actually doing is nothing like spectacular. So I assume it was supposed to be something feasible. I, I legitimately just think we're missing what it was that he was supposed to be doing. I don't know if he like tied them so that then when the car fell, they were hanging on. Was that what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't I, think, I do not know. I don't think that was it at all. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought he had, I thought it was the vehicle. And if the car fell, okay. like, we would have heard the car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like we that, agree on that. Yeah. Like that was the other thing. And then they do like the big wide shot. And so you see the cliff and there's no like car outside. I thought they had a second roof, Joe. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it just fell on the second roof so and everything he, was fine. <laughs> what did he send? What did he send the boy to do in the car? 
I didn't get that. Could you help me with that? I have no idea. I think it was to rescue, like, his sisters. Like, he just sent him, he's like, here, go, go rescue your sisters. I'm like, I'll hold on to you. That boy is very strong to, like, rescue. The the older sister is, like, she's not, she is older than him. She's not small. I'm not saying, like, she's big, but, like, she's bigger than him. To carry her up would take a, a... pretty good strength i would think i don't, I don't know I, <laughs> i'm just really glad with honestly people that watch this show must be sitting there thinking this is as much discussion as they've had on one topic in years they must be saying, <laughs> they haven't talked about wrestling in this kind of detail since the 90s you know i don't guys look watch the scene for yourself if it's on the youtube or wherever you have to seek out this particular scene i just want to know the physics of this i want to understand what his <laughs> plan was I want to understand if his plan worked or he just got lucky because this kid had superhuman strength. <laughs> Anything you could tell me about this scene, much appreciated because I had no idea what was going on to the point where legitimately I was just going to pretend it didn't happen because I didn't want to come across like an idiot. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming <laughs> my rescue here that we can both share the confusion because I have no idea what happened to this point. And you watched it three times, right? Yeah. You still don't. <laughs> was... By the way, you're the only person in the world that's watched any scene from this film. Three times. I hope you know that. Be proud of it, Jeremy. You're the only one in the world. Look, I'm a professional, and if yeah. I know I'm going to have to review this thing, I've got to watch it multiple times to make sure my my eyes are seeing what they're actually seeing. Uh, this was an absolutely absurd scene that made the film better, honestly. Because, it, look, if you're going to do these kind of films make it this absurd don't if this was just a logical thing of okay then the car crashed whatever we wouldn't have talked about it this much it would have gotten dismissed True. They, i think they did this scene in mind of like somebody's going to review this film and have so many questions about this scene and it, this is going to be our legacy and congratulations playing with fire producers you've succeeded so i i agree with everything you just said i uh, there are a few things in this where Sometimes film, I mean, when you look at, when we get given these films, right, when you give me a film when I give you one, the first thing I do anyway, Jeremy, I don't want to speak for you, is I check that runtime, right? And when I see 90 minutes, which is almost every one of the films we've reviewed <laughs> so far, by the way, 90 minutes, I'm like, okay, how bad can it be? And this, was, I'm not going to say this was like painful to watch, but you know, like the prolonged um, happy birthday party deal they do, yeah. where like everyone's having fun? Honestly, maybe the longest scene in the history of cinema. Like I, I could, I was waiting for credits to roll, and I checked the thing. It was like twenty minutes left. I was like, oh my goodness, because I forgot yet to do the whole um, the conclusion with the guy he wanted the job of. You know, you can you maybe help me with this, but there was a job that he wanted, and um, yeah, he you know, wanted that was kind uh, of the, Dennis Haysbert's yeah. job, the commander. Yeah, so he wanted was, to be commander. That thank you, yeah, and and that was in like the background of the film. But we reach like the full circle deal where everyone's having fun and it's the youngest one's birthday. And then all that just comes back. And I, I honestly had totally forgotten it even was a thing. I was waiting for credits to roll, Jeremy. I was done. <laughs> I was I was celebrating with them. They were playing like they were throwing balloons at each other. Um, it was a bizarre film in that it just moved at a pace that I can't even I can't even compare it to anything. I mean, Marine was pretty slow. I was going to say was, the, the longest, the longest scene in, in cinema history is just the Marine six. Cause it's one scene. The, that True. entire film is just one scene. Yeah. I'm, I mean, definitely this moves along much, much better than Marine six. 100%. But they're like in kind of the pattern of the story and the way the arc went, Jeremy, I'm going with arc to describe. <laughs> with fire. 
it felt like we reached the climax of the film at about an hour and five minutes. And then it was like, oh, yeah, we've got to finish this other stuff, you know? Like, And then the child protection comes at the exact same time. <laughs> All of John's progress is undone in, like, a minute. So um, I'm just glad, look, I'm just really glad that we kind of reached some kind of... Um, we, we brought the, the public's attention to that scene. That scene is all I want people to discuss for this. It really is, because now all I can think about is I hope there's someone that has an actual breakdown for <laughs> Because they may. They may have a full analysis of this. Um, I think I think the uh, the moral of this film is just what should be the moral of our podcast. Don't get distracted. Because yeah. that's what happened to John Cena. He got caught up with the kids and, and a potential girlfriend, and he lost sight of, of being commander. And, True. you know, that was his goal. That was what he was put on Earth to do. And he got distracted. He did, but in the end, he gets rewarded for being distracted. So if True. you are currently, you know, considering closing the video because we've just told you not to be distracted, <laughs> um, know that it helped John Cena in the long run. Because... The commander realized that he also has a family and he doesn't hate kids. I think was he was what he, he looked at a picture and was like, oh, I have kids too. They're not that bad. And then he <laughs> gave John the job anyway. Did he not? <laughs> I don't know what happened. I forget. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have any opinion on this, but what did you think of the, I guess it was the fifth or sixth most important story. Uh, Keegan-Michael Keel, he played Mark Rogers. Uh, yeah. There was an underlying thing of like, he was John. It wasn't underlying. Like he was John Cena's second, and like they kind of like they referenced that. Especially the older, the oldest daughter was just like, yeah, oh yeah. He like he really bosses you around and stuff. And he's like, well, you know, he's my he's my commander. He's my soup. So that's what I'm here to do. And then John Cena gets a uh, he gets his girlfriend, and he's like, guess I'm not needed anymore. <laughs> He's very worried. So, he's very worried that like he's losing his position as second in command to the girlfriend. Yes, I, I'm going to be honest. You're right. This was a thing that was going on. <laughs> I paid such attention to it that when he did the line of like, I think what he said was like John was with, with now his girlfriend, and he was like, I guess it's over then, or something like that. Right? Yeah. He, said, he said something like that, and I was watching. I had no idea what he was about. So. And then I realized, yes, that you're correct. That was kind of the uh, – because he bonded with the oldest girl a little bit, right? Yeah. Didn't they have some conversations? She was talking about she likes art, right? This is yeah. a thing that happened to a different film. Yeah, okay, good, good. So <laughs> That's also stupid, no but yes. Yes, true, <laughs> it is. Um, I have no opinion on it. I always appreciate when these completely simple, uninteresting films pretend that there's an extra like layer for a character that they really have nothing for. <laughs> it's like almost that courtesy, right? It's like – Oh, he's not that simple of a character. Like he, he also has this problem. And it's, we never learn really anything about it. It's just one line here or there. But I'm glad you noticed it. That shows you really did. You did pay attention. That was, long, that was long-term storytelling in this True. film. They they set it up yeah. early. They paid it off in the end. Uh, my other favorite bit. I just feel like I have a lot of favorite bits. I <laughs> like uh, the John Leguizamo's uh, character, where he, he misquotes everything yes, that was fun yeah. i enjoyed that too and then what was the quote he had where like uh, the other guy was like you know what that might be right i don't know it was so it's such an obscure strange it was like movie. rainbow jones or something yeah. i have no idea who he was referencing i was like okay yeah. I guess, maybe we should have looked this up but um yeah no. he's like he's like yeah that be. that might actually be right but yeah he's quoting uh gandhi and all these people and it's like nope that's not the quote <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was good in the sense that 
in a film like this, where even the straight lead who's super serious is silly often just by circumstance, I will say that none of the characters in this film enraged me or got me to the point of like, I need to get them off the screen. And that, my friend, that's an achievement, isn't it, Joe? Because we've seen enough of this film to know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it'd be a little much when you have the, you know, the camaraderie and everyone has their little bits. I thought everyone was enjoyable enough in this. It's just, you know, as we've said, it's like, you know so early in this film where it's headed. Like, did you believe for a second that those poor kids had parents in this? Like, it was so clear, so, so clear to me that it was going to be a thing of like, you know, they, they, they were telling him that they were coming or they were here, they were there. And they, of course, wasn't, Jeremy. They passed on, unfortunately. Did that surprise you at all? No, I wasn't surprised no. that they, they no. didn't have parents or their parents. I thought they, I didn't know that they were dead, but maybe just their parents like, like abandoned. abandoned. Them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, they were on some safari and got lost or something. I don't know. I, I uh, always enjoyed deals like that because it's like, the as the audience, we're like, yes, of course. That's obviously what's happening. <laughs> but like, meanwhile, John Cena's character is like just absolutely dumbfounded. You cannot believe it. He's like, what like no way like no way you haven't got parents it's so odd they have only just texted me once about this whole incredible accident in which a cabin burns to the ground Here, and their kids are in, in defense yeah. in defense of john cena this is his character in the film though True. like he doesn't know what emojis are so i totally totally believe that True. he's just completely taken aback that they don't actually have parents you know like good podcasts have catchphrases and stuff our podcast, that one you just said, in defense of John Cena, <laughs> is like an absolute certain distraction catchphrase. Like, if we had shirts, it would be, in defense of John Cena, <laughs> Jeremy Lambert, quote. That's To me, that encapsulates a lot of what we do. Even when we're not discussing John, that is very much fitting. Uh, I'll talk to Sean, see if we can't get uh, okay. some, some shirts made for that. I don't know if we would get a, a C&D off of that or not. I guess it would depend on the, the image that we use. <laughs> In defense of John Cena would be the most niche t-shirt in the history of <laughs> But I'm all, I'm all for it. I think that fits us. I feel like it would do well. People love John Cena. Rightfully so. But this is the thing, okay? We're going off tangent, Jeremy. We're, we're doing it now. I want... <laughs> when did it happen? When did we go from Cena getting booed in every building to Cena getting, like, playfully You have one unheard message. <laughs> Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Booed. 
to, oh my God, he's the greatest man to have ever lived. This is what I want to know the, the timeline of. I don't disagree with any of it. I just would like your guidance on how this actually happened. When he went away, this is the Dolph Ziggler argument. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Set yourself up for a big one here. Dolph now. Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler is just, can, people would just continue to be like, oh yeah, Dolph Ziggler, like he's fine. They boo him because they get kind of tired of him and stuff. You know, Ziggler always says like, no one's had a chance to miss me. So like I'm just always around, you know the the heart grows fonder by absence makes the heart grow fonder, Joe. So when John Cena goes away, people are like, man, I really miss this guy, and they realize like everyone now just isn't that good. So when a big star, like a legitimately big star like John Cena comes back, they're like, yeah, big star is here. Like this is great. Like no more Braun Strowman talking about, oh, I saw that guy over there and he ran off into the bushes. John Cena ain't getting caught doing that stuff. He's never going to be caught in the next man's sweater, Joe, especially not his neighbor's sweater. And so when John Cena comes back, everyone is just like, Big Match John is here. We have an actual star on the show for once. Welcome back, John. You know, we don't do a lot of wrestling talk <laughs> on here, like a direct current wrestling talk. Obviously, we talk a lot about wrestling a lot when we need to. Shawn Michaels at the side, big point two, <laughs> mainly. But like that Braun Strowman deal, just because you mentioned it, I have to say, that was the only thing he did on SmackDown, right? He's <laughs> the champion of the show. That was incredible. And the fact that he managed to make an like a mess of that promo too was just even better, I thought. People were like defending it and look, it's fine if you liked it. That that's cool. I, I didn't. Um but like my issue is just like this is your world champion and you just got him out here like he's just some random citizen on the street yeah. given a, a first hand account of what happened. Like you didn't have anybody else for this role. You didn't have one of the NXT guys you could have used for this role. Like you made your world champion do this. And when I saw it and I thought about it, I was like, do you think like Austin or, or Cena is ever getting caught dead? Just being like random citizen on the street as the world champion. Like it's not happening. Yeah. And also it's even worse because it's not like Braun's, like a Daniel Bryan where it's like he's kind of like an everyman kind of deal like he's an underdog Braun's whole thing is he's like a a cartoon character monster you know like that was his whole thing and now he's just a dude that stands outside the building when he's the world <laughs> champ of the show but anyway I, like, I'm with you um, that's the problem I they're just, trying um, to humanize him like they're trying to yeah. oh Alexa you got me a present like I don't want this Braun Strowman like tear down something dude yeah I'm with, I think at this point they've just they've exhausted all all ideas and creativity for the man. I actually feel from a little, but anyway, back to playing with fire, Jeremy. <laughs> or back to John Cena, not playing with fire. I find Cena fascinating because, like any criticism anyone could have of him now, is is just not accepted. It will not be accepted in this in the in the modern world. And I'm I almost respect how rapidly it changed because I feel like once upon a time it was the opposite. But I think you may actually be right. I think people. Look, I love Roman Reigns, but I think people were like, man, Roman is not John Cena. You know, for, for better or worse, in most cases worse, I guess, it just people miss him, right? They miss that kind of clear top guy that's energetic and, and over the top, again, for better or worse. They miss that, I guess. What are your criticisms of John Cena? And I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, a lot of it is purely Cena. Here's the thing with Cena. I, I like Cena very much. Okay, 
And I think when he's on, he's one of the best promos ever. And he always worked hard and had very good matches, great matches. His matches are not always the most rewatchable. That's my first critique of him. Speaking as an artist here, Jeremy, okay? <laughs> be careful, okay? I'm not, I'm not. But sometimes when you rewatch his matches, it becomes clearer to you that the passion in the moment overrides the fact that layout-wise, they're a little simplistic. That's all I would say about his big matches. Now, some of them, I've told you a million times, the Umaga match, I love it. Classic. But some of the matches of AJ, I loved them at the time, and as I rewatched them, I, I don't know. They're very good, but they're just they're quite uh, simple in terms of what they do in there. Yeah, that's because that match was ahead of its time. Now everyone does the, the 1,500 different kickouts yeah. from everything. It's like the... Um almost like the undertaker wrestlemania streak and when Shawn michaels kicked out of the tombstone at i guess it was 25 like that was a big deal like people went crazy yeah. over that and then they did it every single year after and it's like okay the like this moment has just been completely lost now like if you get put down by one tombstone it's like look at this geek i guess that's john cena he, that happened to him at uh what was that wrestling that was the one you went to 34 right Listen, we'll one day talk about that WrestleMania on this podcast. It will not be today. It will not be today. You're correct. I was there for that. Uh, Extravaganza. It was tremendous. But John Cena was every man on that show. He was in the audience with you, Joe. Did you smash the cold beers with John Cena? I did not. I would would have loved to and discussed it with him, but I I didn't get a chance to. But you're right. Okay. You're 100% right. But there was a moment in when Owens came up, whenever that was, and they had those matches together. There was a moment where Cena, I think, internally was like, oh, so like, if I just do like a Canadian Destroyer every once in a while <laughs> and do Andy like a springboard, <laughs> a springboard stunner, like my, my matches are just immediately critically acclaimed. And those matches are great, but then it led to the US Open Championship where he, like what you just said is so true because if a guy got pinned by the first AA in a Cena Open Challenge, it was like, wow, what a job guy, this guy's. <laughs> uh, get him out. Get him out of the promotion. So... Yeah, you're right. He, I often think he may have been a little too selfless in that sense. Like, he shouldn't have had guys kicking out of all his moves and stuff. But Cena's great. He has, can we admit this much, Trick? He has some quirks that we can agree are a little bit, they're a little bit corny, okay? It's not a problem. How dare no you? Shit. But I, I refuse the tweets. I see them. And I, and I don't know if you've done this, Jeremy, but if you're one of these people, I'll come get you, okay? <laughs> You say that Drew McIntyre is corny as top guy. You would be correct. But do not then tweet the John Cena picture of him as WWE champion because <laughs> it's the same thing. Okay, Cena may have been better at doing it, was better at doing it, but he just had his little quirks. The fact, Like when he would try and... Like one of my favorite Cenaisms is when that match he had with AJ at SummerSlam where he hits like the Super AA and AJ kicks out. And like <laughs> the spot obviously is that... Johnny's trying to show that like, he can't believe AJ has kicked out. And he can't just do this with like a facial. He <laughs> he sits in the corner and he's like shaking in just absolute shock. And it's it's just the way he is. He's very over the top, I guess is the point. And as someone that's just constantly like miserable and, and downplaying stuff, I would rather he be like Bret Hart who just never, ever did that kind of thing. <laughs> I guess that's my point uh first off that's called showing emotion joe uh i don't get it i don't get it <laughs> i know wrestlers we just talked about they have trouble with that but that yeah. the, you know that is the uh the payoff right there mm-hmm. is when they actually show it it just resonates with everybody apparently except for you who would just rather be everyone uh be a Kawhi leonard and just show no emotion 
ever. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, this is also proof that Seth Rollins is going to be a great actor in Hollywood because he too cowers in the corner with shock and fear. So he's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to review a Seth Rollins film in five years. He's just a big, he does it. He's another one. And it's like, he's, I get it. I would rather they do that than not emote and just do moves. 100%. But I just love that there's now storytelling in wrestling is like the most over, over the top of me. And I do blame John for this. Sean Michaels <laughs> is the main, he is the main villain in that regard. But Cena's got to take his own share of like, he'll do those bits where people are like, wow, great storytelling. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, everyone in the whole world understood what he was doing. Genius, super subtle stuff. But Cena's great, guys. I'm just missing. I much prefer him to Shawn Michaels. That's my conclusion. <laughs> That's the conclusion of this podcast. I prefer this to Marine 6. I prefer John Cena to Shawn Michaels. That's my takeaway. Hell, John Cena's not ruining an entire brand. True. True. He's never got a brand banned from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ever. He never will, either I hope, I assume. You know, I don't know how long we're going to be doing this for, but I assume it'll be long enough or short enough that we avoid John Cena booking a brand into Bannon. <laughs> I hope. I hope anyway. Uh, I, I mean, the thing is, if John Cena comes back and he booked a brand, we wouldn't ban it. It would It would be the best brand ever. So it wouldn't get yeah. to that point. Yeah, maybe. I, could, I don't know. I, I find John to be legitimately interested as a guy. I find him to be... He's quite unique, isn't he? You know, I, I don't. Did we ever discuss the Corey Graves podcast where they pulled no punches on a, on our uh, show? You know, when he went on. I'm not talking about the show itself. I know we've discussed that more than enough. But did we ever discuss that little episode? I don't recall if we did that off air or we briefly mentioned it on air. We talk a lot, Joe, and I don't remember when the record button's going. Is is it going? Okay, it's going right now. Sometimes I just don't know. Yeah, I um. Sometimes people will send me quotes from this program, and I I just read it. And I'm like, I can't believe that was when we was on the show. I, I forget these things, but you're correct. <laughs> um, I just think he's interesting. He says some stuff where I'm like, man, that's a you know, if someone else said that, it may be controversial. But John is just he's riding high with wrestling fans now. Now that he no longer wrestles matches, we're all in on the John Cena, right? We're all in. We're we're, we're you know the go. That's what we all call him now when he comes out, right? Here's the go. That's what we say, Jeremy. <laughs> so good for John. Worked incredibly hard, incredible career, and also made playing with fire. <laughs> I think if John Cena said the things he said on that podcast while he was like still active, he would yes. basically be looked at like Corbin or McIntyre because they say similar things. And people yeah. are just like, can these guys just shut up already? <laughs> oh, yeah, grab the brass ring, locker room. You know, I'm trying to get the cut the fat up from the locker room and stuff like step up or get out. Like this is literally what all three of these guys say when Graves and uh, or not Graves. Well, Graves might say it too, but when Corbin and McIntyre say it, it's like, okay, shut up. Like the opportunities just aren't yeah. there. Like you don't get it. But when Cena says, it, it's like, yeah, why aren't these guys stepping up? Like what's wrong with them? Take advice from John Cena. He's been to the top. He knows what he's talking about. The go- the goat has spoken will be the reply. They'll be like gifts of John. He slays and all that good stuff. Well, look, I'm I'm all for it. There's enough in all seriousness. There is more than enough negativity in wrestling Twitter world at all times. Not now, like any time ever. There yeah. is enough. It's nice to see John Cena. Just everyone deciding they love John Cena after all. I will maintain. And in the back of my pocket, I'll always have those critiques, and I'll throw them every once in a while. You know that, Jeremy. Sometimes I'll just drop them and I'll run. But in, for the most part, 
I am happy that we all enjoy John Cena. It's a nice thing for us to share, isn't it? If nothing else, it's nice. I think when John Cena just makes a post, like he's news, it doesn't even, like his Instagram just posts yeah. like a random picture. It's like, oh, John Cena comments on, oh, what's John Cena going to do? And he can just like tease anything and it's just news. Like that that's a level of just WWE fame and maybe overall mm-hmm. fame that we should all hope to achieve. We should all inspire, aspire to be like John Cena in our life. I think that's the ultimate message here. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, look, I'll be honest. There's a lot. There's a lot worse ways to go, especially in professional wrestling, isn't there? There really yeah. is. But John Cena is a legitimate celebrity. I'm not even saying this, right? Like yes. he's an actual famous person. Yes. I mean, that immediately puts him above almost everyone else from his generation, right? Like he actually did it. He became an, a genuine famous person. Cena is only like second to The Rock, right? Like as far as celebrity in actual pop culture. I mean, maybe Hogan years ago, mm. but nowadays, like he's he's nowhere near there. Maybe Flair. Yeah. Flair's got to be up there. Flair is interesting because he's almost got more so in that sense, like since hasn't he? Yeah. Have you noticed in like the last decade, ironically, it's another thing TNA managed to miss the boat on. They missed the boat on a man in his sixties, which is a, I mean, an extraordinary <laughs> thing to do, but. He seemingly, when he left there and went back to WWE and sorted himself out, and I think he got with smarter people to manage him. Like he seems to be now like a pop culture guy in a way he hasn't been in legitimately decades. Like over here, this says a lot about WWE, by the way. It's a little bit of any Brit fans that watch this will know. Like WWE changed broadcasters over here like five months ago, whenever it was. Yeah, and BT the advert Sport for now. The, yes, BT Sport, and the advert for BT Sport is a couple of the office guys. They're athletes, I don't know who they are. But they're talking about wrestling, and the guy they're talking about is Ric Flair, and then Ric Flair comes in and does the woo, and I think he may chop him, and he struts off. And I remember watching it thinking, it feels awesome that that's a thing, but also very scary that they opted for Ric Flair as their lead in the advertising. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that tells you about WWE, but like, it is interesting that at their height, as much as Flair was like critical acclaim and everyone respected him, Hogan was like the celebrity by comparison, right? But now, I would say Flair's more valuable, right? Maybe? I don't know. I actually have no idea, but I would just guess, basically. Uh, I'm pretty sure Flair is more valuable yeah. than, than Hulk Hogan yeah. right now. I mean, they they still see value in Hulk Hogan. I don't know mm. how much actual value there is in Hulk Hogan. Look, that's what happens when you're a racist, okay? Your value yeah. goes down. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we, we're aware that there is a range of reasons at yeah. hand here. I'm, I'm not kind of saying, but what I'm saying is that it's just an interesting thing that Flair feels like as relevant as he has in a long time. It's pretty cool. Um, but I think Cena probably, I don't know, is there any way to actually find this stuff out? <laughs> like, as far as actual fame, I guess it's I'm impossible. I'm sure there's, like, guys. Q ratings. Isn't yeah. Q rating something that's, I, like... I don't actually know what that is. Q score is the measurement of the familiarity and appeal of a brand, celebrity, company, or entertainment product used in the United States. So it's just United States, apparently. Uh, So here we go. Let's let's look at the Q rating. Oh wow! This is a whole new podcast. Get get your seatbelts on. Get your popcorn ready. This is going to be something. Oh, do I need to sign up for this? I'm not doing all that. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Can't I just like Google like? what the Q rating is. Okay, I'm just going to Google John Cena Q rating. Because John Cena, I mean, he was on top. His peak may not have been as great as some of these other guys, but he was on top for so long. What about Austin? Where does Austin stand in all this? 
Um, yeah, I don't see anything like an actual John Cena Q score just oh. off of uh, Google. So I don't know. Maybe if someone has signed up to that website, um, let us. In know. that case, put the popcorn down, uh, undo <laughs> the seatbelt. There is not a new podcast. And just to be clear, that was a bit that actually went nowhere. But anyway, yeah, Steve Austin. Where do you see him, Joe? <laughs> um. I don't think like he's not as big as Cena. He's he's not as big. Yeah. Like I think The Rock is one, and I like that's yes. almost indisputable at this point. Um, Cena for me is probably two. Batista's up there too. Like he's been in Marvel films, and he like he uses his platform uh, to to really he does well with his platform. Um, yes. He doesn't do like commercials and stuff, but he's he's been in a lot of film. The Marvel films alone just kind of will boost his, yeah. his stock. Um, Flair's probably over Batista, though. Like, Ric Flair got a rap song named after him. And he's doing, like, yes. commercials, and he's, like, introducing mm-hmm. world tours and stuff. Like That rules. Yeah, like, really, Ric Flair. Dude, like, his birthday, like, Ch- Charles Barkley and all these people showing up to, like, his birthday party and stuff like his legit birthday not the one where batista killed them on television uh like his legit birthday that that happened right like that was a real thing that happened on wwe <laughs> that <television>. was amazing <laughs> we don't talk enough about when batista pulled rick flair along the floor by like his collar that was one of the greatest <laughs> visuals in the history that was peak flair in just the sense of of course he would do that of course rick flair would be in that. yes i love it uh i think flair's three i think batista's probably four the problem with austin is like he could have been there, I feel yeah. like, but the movie career didn't really pan out for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's tried multiple times to do like beers, and I think like now he has a, a stable one, but it's like only available in the West Coast. You don't see Austin on like a lot of. You don't see him in like commercials and stuff, mm-hmm. though. Even like some type of like television shows, he maybe he gets a guest appearance here and there. I, I wouldn't put Austin on that level as those four. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to put Nicky Cross in the conversation. <laughs> I agree with you that the um, the list of candidates is it's just interesting, right? Like sometimes I underestimate how famous wrestling is, and most time I massively overestimate it. Like there'll be weird times where like Bill Goldberg will just show up on a TV show, and I'm just like, yeah. I can't fathom that real people care about Bill Goldberg. Like it's amazing <laughs> to me, but sure, it's it's cool. I'd actually like to see what people's takes are on this because I agree with you. Like we're being honest, Rocky's probably he's insurmountable, right? You can't pass Rock at this point. Surely no. he's made it so big in the real world, he has to be number one by a mile. He has to be. Yeah, it. it I don't think it's really close. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think Cena is second, and then after that, you can kind of debate Flair. Batista. There was one other who who slipped my mind, so I guess he's he's not as big as I thought he was. If I can't remember, Bobby uh, Lashley. Who it is? No, it's not Bobby Lashley. The Miz. The Miz has been in plenty of feature <laughs> films. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, The Undertaker. I don't know how big like The Undertaker is. Super famous. Yeah. Super like the the just the name and like some of his little quirks, like the eye roll, the sit up. Yeah. He's just way over with normal people. It's actually kind of. You're right, that's actually a very good call. He's an interesting one because he's always never done any branding until like the last year where he's just Mark Calloway on every program possibly. Right. We could probably get him on here. If we asked him, <laughs> I think we could get him on here to talk about Hulk Hogan or something. I don't know. But he's, yeah, he's hard to gauge, but he's very, very famous. 
yeah, I think he I think he is up there. And now with this docu series that's out and uh, him actually being a normal human being and not a supernatural phenom, his, his brand can go up a little bit. You you mentioned the like, you know, people doing eye rolls like the Cena. You can't see me stuff like that was a big thing in sports yeah. like LeBron was doing that at one point yes. like people really like doing that and it's like a whole meme right that's what the kids call it now Jeremy <laughs> it was a meme I'm told and also don't forget my favorite wrestler Randall Keith Orton because he he's not as over as his finisher which was like an all-time meme by people who have never seen Randy Orton wrestle I'm correct in that's saying true that, yes I mean he's he's an interesting one because I don't think he's nearly as famous as just that that whole thing is I mean I think Bobby Roode has got to be <laughs> If he's not two, he's got to be free, right? He has to be. He was an NXT champion, Jeremy. <laughs> Where does uh, CM Punk rank? Well, the thing with CM Punk is he was always hurt by the fact he never pulled any punches, and he was straight shooter to the end, and that hurt him on these on these lists. He was, I'll say this much about CM Punk, like he was um, T-shirt over for a while where you would see his T-shirts in real life. And as a wrestler, that is very impressive. The only problem is... He went on to have a UFC career and is now a pundit on a program that no one watches. So unfortunately, he has probably plummeted down that list. Sneaky, sneaky on the list would be Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah. Really, during the the yes chance and stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember, you were at this show, Joe. You want to talk about WrestleMania 34 when he came back and they they highlighted, oh, the yes movement is back. Yes is back. It's like, man, if you guys did this when it was like actually at its peak, you could have had something. <laughs> we will not talk about that. Very dark day, uh, but you're correct. I remember when, even when the first time round. Like, I remember mainstream media talking about the... Like, they would show the shot of people at WrestleMania doing it all together. And then, do you remember sports teams started doing it? Oh. They would send a video, right? Oh, so, so here's a story for you. Um, oh, wow. I, was at, I, was at a, I was at a hockey game. Um, okay. The Hurricanes against the Islanders. The Islanders, like, adopted this chant. Like, they, they did the yes, yes, yes thing. Like, they completely... They did it in the arena. Uh, when the fans would travel, they would do it and stuff. And, like, so I'm at the hockey game here in Carolina... And Islanders fans are doing this chant, and I was like, I was doing it with them. I didn't realize they'd adopted it. I was like, Yeah, cool, Daniel Bryan chant, awesome. And like, I had my Hurricanes jersey on. I'm like, why are you doing our chant? I was like, Oh, I didn't realize like this was an Islanders chant. He's like, Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, do you guys know where this like originated? And they're like, No, like I think they thought like they think they came up with it. They're like, We originated the Islanders, of course. And I was like, no, this is like a Daniel Bryan thing, like pro- professional wrestling. They were disgusted to find yes. out that this is a professional wrestling chant. Like, they did not do the yes chant anymore after I told them, <laughs> yeah, this started with professional wrestling. Well, I love little things like that. Like, when a theme song will get over, like, someone in a sports arena will decide he's going to play it pre-game. Like, you'll hear, like, yeah. Fandango's theme, which will go <laughs> off in a football stadium. It's like... And as a, as a wrestling fan, you have to look around and be like, oh, wow, I'm, I really am a lunatic. I don't know what this is, aren't I? Like, no one, like, no one cares. Um, that will happen. I think happened with Shinsuke's feet. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, didn't it? We're probably rude, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, that's always weird. When things when things get over more than the originator of it, that's a little bit different. But Brian was... I mean, the Brian thing is just amazing in itself, right? That kind of organic writers, but where i don't know brian's biggest flaw is that he's just like another wrestler because he's so selfless he would refuse to be anything but right but even when he if he becomes part-time 
we both know that he's going to do like 20 minute matches with mid cards on TV. He's still going to do it. Like he's Daniel Bryan. That's what he does. So he probably isn't the guy to like capitalize on his own potential fame. I would say. John Cena comes back and wrestles like these big mat. The Rock comes back. He's like, yeah, I'm yes. working with the top guy. I'm working with Cena. Yes. Cena comes back. He's like, all right, Bray is supposedly the hottest thing in the business. I'm working with him. Daniel Bryan's gonna come back and be like, what's Ricochet up to right now? Oh, he's, he's still a, yeah. he's still on main event with Cedric Alexander. Let me wrestle him for a little <laughs> while. Yeah, how does Timothy Thatcher feel about <laughs> tag team run? I'm interested. You know, like it's just that's the way he is. But that's kind of I think that's why he's so endearing to people. But yeah, I'm actually um, – here's one. I mean, we're, we're just – while we're doing this, and I, I know we've gone way, <laughs> way, way off, but what do you think the deal is with Brett and Sean on that list? Where do you think those two kind of fall? I know they're not near the top, but I'm just saying compare it to each other. Um, I don't know if either of them have, like, an actual score. Uh, you yeah. know, like, I, I don't think any either of them are, like, actually relevant in – pop culture like i really don't i i never hear anything outside of like a wrestling bubble about brett or Sean. what about uh randy savage match yes randy savage was i mean mm-hmm. the slim jim deal alone like made him uh pretty big and then even like working with rodman at that uh amazing match yes. they had at road wild hog wild whatever it was called um yeah savage he was in spider-man as well like savage mm-hmm. certainly had some type of Q score and was relevant in pop culture. And like the voice, like the voice is something exactly. you can imitate. So it yeah. made it easier. If John Laurinaitis had just been a bigger star with that voice, man, his Q score would be off the, off the charts. I would love to live in a universe <laughs> in which John Laurinaitis is the most famous professional wrestler. <laughs> like that, our industry would be the most different ever. It would be so, so different, but no, you're right. Like, Brett and Sean, obviously one of them's more colourful and flamboyant, but they're still like they're not it's Savage is unlike anyone ever, isn't he? Like he's his own thing altogether. And that shirt, man, that's still like a shirt you can actually wear in real life. Like some people like me will wear wrestling shirts in real life and we'll take the hit. You know, we'll take the hit uh call wise. But Savage I think you can get away with it. So that says something about him. And it's somebody up. somebody in my group therapy uh, a few years ago like wore that Randy Savage shirt. And this yeah. is how I found out he was a wrestling fan because like, he just wore that shirt. And he's like, yeah, it's a cool shirt and I'm a wrestling fan. I was like, okay, like you're comfortable wearing that. Awesome. I am not wearing like my <laughs> my Finn Balor shirt out for <laughs> out in public. Like, sorry. Okay, one one last deal on this. I'm always interested on what the your perspective is on this stuff. So... Andre had the big HBO documentary. Did it make any impact whatsoever as far as how famous he is or not? I have no idea. It was one of those things where it was like, all right, people watched it. They talked about it for a couple of days and then they just like kind of moved on. Like that's, yes, that's yeah. you know, they've done 30 for 30s on wrestling and it wasn't really a thing after that. The, the problem with stuff like that is like, especially if the performer is no longer with us, like yeah there's no capitalization of okay now he can do interviews and stuff like rick flair they did the 30 for 30 all right you can get him doing interviews and stuff the undertaker is out there promoting this whole thing sure and is, doing yeah. interviews and stuff yeah. um like dark side of the ring like you know some of this stuff should be a big deal i guess that a lot of this is like darker that's why it's called dark side mm-hmm. of the ring um but some of these performers just like aren't there like new jack they did an episode on new jack like new jack ain't really pop culture relevant 
hot take. <laughs> hot t- if you take anything from this show, folks, remember that Luja is not quite <laughs> pop culture relevant, unfortunately, in 2020. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, I mean, Dark Side is very much... It's an interesting show in that it's made for people that have, like, a surface-level knowledge, kind of. Like, you can kind of just drop yourself into it if you don't know about wrestling, I think, and get something out of it. But it's a show that's definitely watched by people like us that love and know all this stuff anyway. It's kind of... Yeah. It's one of those, like, middle ground deals. I think it's tough for them to do in that sense. All right, Joe. What's your score for playing with fire? Isn't that what this podcast is about? (laughs) Okay. um, I need two parameters here, Jeremy. As always, I need some kind of reference... What did I give Marine 6? What did I give Stuber? Marine 6 is a 2. Stuber is a 6 from you. Perfect. Split the difference. <laughs> 4, right in the middle there. It's not enraging or insulting. It's just a bad film with no ideas. But it also has enough like little funny moments that you can kind of slide through. It's, it's fine. It's just... It's exactly what I kind of expected. I'm I'm absolutely in awe of you for saying it wasn't quite what you expected. <laughs> that makes me think you thought you were picking a whole other film. But yes, that's my right. No, I've I legitimately thought it was just gonna be like more hijinks with, with everything. Yeah, okay. Like there yeah. were hijinks, I expected more. That's all okay. it was. Um like you put you put playing with fire on the same level as the chaperone. Do you feel good about this? Well, he's so good I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know if you're asking me whether the chaperone should be insulted or playing with fire, which tells me that I haven't perfectly scored at the same. Uh, I'm going to go three stars for playing okay. with fire. Uh, that wow. puts it, you know, I gave I gave the chaperone two and, and three quarters. So I did think it was slightly better than the chaperone. Okay. I mean, I, I, can, I can get that. I mean, they're both in that Alexa Bliss match range, right? Where it's like, <laughs> They're fine. Let's never talk about them again. That's what you're actually telling me here. I'm on board with that all the time. So, yeah, I mean, if you're really bored, I recommend it if you want any more context on this podcast or if you feel you're an expert on what could go down in this final scene. In that case, please do watch and help, uh, but definitely don't go out of your way for it. Yeah, I would never please, say like, please watch like the last... Yeah. 20 minute. What You'll you'll know the scene when you see right. it. You don't have to watch. Look, I'm saying it, it's an hour and a half film. The This scene comes at about the 110 mark, I think. So, you know, start watching from there. You'll see the scene. And then after you see the scene, you can cut it off. Because there is like a scene after um, that you don't have to really watch. So, yeah, watch this scene, the climax scene. Let us know what you think of it. Please try to explain. If there's a like a physics uh graduate or something out there who can explain this please please do this for us if there is why are you watching <laughs> this why what are you doing why are you wasting your time like this but yes before you never watch again explain this to us and then move on with your life um anything else joe what are we watching next week no i mean yeah well i'm completing the trilogy um i deem it as a trilogy it's not a trilogy but i'm not going any further <laughs> into his collection of films, because I'm sure there's worse. Um, We're going with Mr. Nanny. I know it was expected, but I want to complete this saga before moving on to a whole new chapter. You know, I want to write this off, see if it's the best of the bunch, and then we'll move on. That's fair. I I like that you are, you want to compare all the Hogan films, the the main three. You want to do, I think we'll do just a big compare and contrast next week. That. I don't know if this is going to be a thing, but maybe we will. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, 
diversify a little bit, give give a variety of wrestlers. Joe is just sticking yeah. tried and true, much like Bret Hart. I, I understand his uh his his sentiment there. Just stick with what you know, do your five moves, get in, get out. It, that's fine. Yeah, it's, to me, it's a project. I, I've always wanted to learn more about Hulk's uh, movie efforts, and this is my chance chance to do that in a in a podcast form. But I also I also appreciate your your showing the other side of the coin. You're giving us a bit more range, and the end of it, Jeremy, is that we come out of it both much more experienced film viewers, and that's all we can ask for, folks. Is it not? We're, we're both getting better for it. Uh, we will be back on Thursday to talk wrestling. I. I... Yeah. I have no idea what's happening in wrestling right now. Uh, NXT, they got their pay-per-view. The final show where we talk about NXT will be on Thursday. So if you really love that brand, then you might not listen to us ever again after Thursday because we're not <laughs> we're not talking about it anymore after Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then whatever else is going on in the in the world yes. of wrestling, I have no idea. I don't watch wrestling. Uh, <laughs> We'll be back on next Tuesday. We're going to review Mr. Nanny. Uh, Saturday is the TEW series. This Saturday is our first pay-per-view, WWE Backlash, presented by me. Big main event. um, Bret Hart against AJ Styles is the main event of this pay-per-view. You know, might be be on the level of AJ Styles against John Cena. I don't know. Maybe not quite, but it's still... It's a good match. It's a it's a good match this uh, Saturday with our TEW series. Um, you can follow Joe on Twitter at JoeHolbert5. You can follow me on Twitter at JeremyLambert88. Again, go to BlackLivesMatter.carrd.co. Support, donate, do whatever you can. Uh, everyone out there, stay safe, and we will talk to you on Thursday. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.